0: Quit being the world's best-kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to The Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Debra Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring fabulous guests from around the globe to share with you tips, strategies, techniques to help you live your life rich from the inside out using principles of life, business, and leadership. Today, I have a very special guest that I got to meet at the new Media Summit put on by Steve Olsher, that I met in September, 2019. Jen DuPless is the international speaker, top-selling author, coach, and podcast host. She is the founder of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Black Fox Investments, Valor Home Solutions. Uh, She, the author of Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. And here I have that book right here for you to check out. And it's Launch. She is also the host of the first mortgage-specific top-rated podcast, Mortgage Lending Mastery. She has spent over 35 years in residential mortgage lending and was ranked the top 1% of loan originators in the U.S. for many years, as well as being in the top 200 for four years. She is a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur with extensive leadership and sales experience. And today, she is a highly sought-after international speaker and coach, sharing stages with Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Barbara Corakin, uh, Darren Hardy, Magic Johnson, and many more. And she specializes in creating lifestyle businesses to help solopreneurs, sales professionals, mortgage lending originators, realtors to multiply their results in record time while maintaining a commanding and prosperous personal lifestyle. She has appeared on Good Morning America, SiriusXM XM Radio, Voice America Radio. Jen has been featured in the top publications as Wall Street Journal and The Washington Post and is a regular contributor for Mortgage Executive Magazine and Mortgage Women Magazine. Welcome, Jen Duplessis to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Deborah. I'm so excited to be here today and can't wait to share whatever you have to ask me. <laughs> well, I
0: was combing <laughs> through your website and I know that there's several different things that you speak on, like um, working the nine to five, and I was going through your book launch. And I know that there's certain things that help people create that prosperous lifestyle that you talked about. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that really stands out to me, and we hear a lot about it these days, it's kind of like a buzz, is that morning routine, when it comes down to that crunch time, how does someone who is successful, like yourself, set up and manage time so it doesn't manage you?
1: Yeah, well, gosh, well, thanks for asking the question. It's very loaded. (laughs) It's a very loaded question. Um, It's one of my specialties too. And I, I, first of all, I don't think that we can manage time uh, because time will keep ticking, but we can manage our priorities. And that's really what I focus on is what are the priorities that you have in your life and how do we make those be the most prominent things that you focus on during the day and still be have a successful business, right? Um, But when it gets back to like the morning routine, I, I subscribe to, um, Hal Allred's savers, you know, it's from his Mm -hmm. book, The Morning Miracle. And so I definitely do savers in the morning and and I like the (sighs) regimen of that because it keeps me on track, you know, and even if it's just a short six minute savers, it's, I still do that. You know, um, the other thing I know this is going to sound kind of crazy, but we're all women, right? (laughs) so we're listening in there's some men too but uh you know I get a really good long night hours of sleep I get eight to eleven hours so I don't know last night I I slept eleven hours (laughs) so I I really believe in sleeping and that that's one thing that you know a lot of people have struggles with and that's why they have time management issues you know if you want to call them that priority management issues because they're so tired all the time you know they're they're uh, running from one place to another and they're, they're like chickens with their head cut off all the time and they're just exhausted. And when you're tired like that, you can't think straight, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: one of the the big things for me is getting enough sleep. Um, but for priority management, for me, it's an heightened awareness of what fulfills you, what makes you happy, you know, in your daily life. And um, I'm sure you've been to dinner with friends and said, gosh, we should do this more often. And then you don't right? And so it's really deciding what are those things that make me really, really happy. And then we build a business around that rather than building the business and focusing on the dollar, right? Seeing life through the lens of a, of a dollar sign and then trying to fit our lives in. And so I've just reversed that and have mastered, you know, the ability to prioritize what's important to me first and then worry about business.
0: That is so important. I I think people do have it a lot of the times backwards and it's, you don't need to wait till a family member or a friend has a life-threatening illness before you decide to go visit or something else happens. You know, we, we don't have to wait for, you know, the birth, the death, the wedding to get together with people and really pay attention to what
1: matters. Yeah. And well, and it's not just getting together with people. It's what you're doing for yourself too. You know, if, mm-hmm. and I always, I always say this, it's the funniest little line, but you know, if you like watching ants carry food and you're, you're, you think that's awesome to watch then let's get you more of it. You know, it's all, it's all of those little minutiae things all the way yeah. up to wonderful, successful things that happen in your business and everything in between, you know, yes. and so I think that we just run amok these days and in part of it is just the social media and the glorification of busyness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I'd really like for, CDP, for, for me to see people do is for them to step back and take a breather and say, you know, what truly, truly makes me happy. And let's make sure that that gets in my schedule first. And it's kind of like going on vacation every day, you know, when you go on vacation, You get really, really uh, laser focused and intentional with what you're doing and you get so busy that you think, I can't go on vacation because now I've got all this great work that's come my way. But if we can focus just like that every single day so that we can go on our air quote vacation, which is our love of whatever it is that fulfills us. You know, for me, I'm a dancer. I I love ballroom Latin and swing dancing. And so for me, it's about, you know, the faster I can get in, the the more focused I can be. The faster I can get to what I love and I'm going on vacation every day, you know, and doing what I love every day.
0: And I think that's where many entrepreneurs who get caught up in the rat race or being the lone ranger, they lose that momentum in that anticipation. Because I know when someone books a vacation, they have that anticipation. They're looking forward to the next thing, getting stuff off their plate. And we often say that, you know, people get so much more done the few days before they go on vacation that they do when they're working regularly.
1: Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about is, you know, that feeling that you get when you're you know, the, it's not anxiety. It's that, it's that excitement that you have of going into work and saying, let me just get all this done so I can get it, get to the airport. Let me get it all done so I can get back home. And, yeah. and, and it's like that every day and, it, and it's not draining. It's an excitement It's an adrenaline rush. And if you can do that every single day, in your business, you know, and be intentional about your business and know exactly what your goals are and have the right people in the right positions and have the right um, strategies that are in place that attract clients rather than you have to chase them, then it's going to free up more of your time to do the things that you absolutely love. Yeah.
0: And I like the key thing that you said, you know, about having the right people in the right positions. I think all too often when I'm talking to leaders, they don't always know the skill set that each person around them has. Yeah. You know, they they have them pigeonholed by a role, uh, responsibilities, but knowing what, what do they do in their spare time? You know, they they might be like a carpenter by day, but then they spend a lot of time on social media. So they know how to have that social media skill. And are we tapping into the skill sets that people have and have honed on their own time versus maybe what they got education for or what they've have skill and ability in just because yeah. that's all you see.
1: Well, that's because we're just harried. <laughs> we're harried <laughs> every day. And all we want to do is the work and we don't take time to smell the roses and spend time with people, you know, yeah. and that's a big leadership issue, you know, uh, that I'm seeing right now with the clients that I'm, that I'm coaching is you know, what did you do? I, for example, I just had a big retreat for my clients. And one of the guys that was there, you know, he's really, really finally got over this hump of, he has to be there to do everything. And he finally has gotten to the point where he can delegate to his, to his team. And he was there and he said, gosh, this is the first time I've ever come and they just don't need me. And I go, but it's a good feeling. It's not that they don't need you because, you know, they don't need you. It's a great feeling because you've led them properly and I just talked to him the other day and I said I said well so how'd it go you know what were their thoughts when you got back and he said no they said it was all good and I said so what have you done for them he said well I said thank you I go no that's not where it stopped (laughs) do more for them. So what could you do for them? And so what we came up with um, this particular time of year is why not give all of them a half day off to go shopping and do their Christmas shopping and just stagger it. And you, you plan to put your, you know, that you're going to take that role for that half day and help everybody out. So, you know, that's part of leadership too, is realizing what, and anticipating what um, the needs are of your team, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think it also stems from, Uh, you know, being a leader, I I mean, I don't want to get into all kinds of management stuff, but you know, really knowing people's disc profiles or Myers Briggs, whatever you want to use and, you know, exercising situational leadership skills, which is a, a management technique, you know, so you can't just treat everybody the same. You have to treat them as they're going to receive the information. Yeah. And then one of the things that I love to do on my team was, um, Ask a bunch of questions and I won't remember them all offhand here right now, but we do this, this, um, a little exercise with three of us where one person is the answerer and the other one is the questioner. And the third one is writing things down because we want it to go at rapid pace. Mm-hmm. So there can't be just two people. And we think we do things like, I wish my team would, I wish my team would, I wish my team would, and just really putting pressure on people so that the real things come out. You know, I wish my team would, let me have time off for, for baseball. Cause I love baseball. Ooh, there you go. You like baseball. I didn't know yeah. that. Right. Or I wish my team would, um, you know, congratulate me when I do something right. I mean, it's all great team building things. Um, I wish I had more time for. I wish I had more time for. And you ask the questions over and over and over. And um, you know, I just think that th- those types of questions, if you can think of these open ended questions to be asking your team, it'll really enlighten them, You know what what is important to them. So, for example, one of my team members, she said, um, "It was I wish I could." And some people were like, "Sleep in." and so I I said okay everybody gets to sleep in today we're not going to work today what do you all think about working from 10 to 7 today and they were like oh my gosh it's so cool right so we had to plan ahead but yeah one said um, you know I wish I could lose weight and you know she was she was a little fluffy that's my mom's word by the way it's not my word she was a little fluffy then my mom always said I'm a little fluffy like marshmallow um, oh. and so she said, you know, I, I'd like to lose some weight. And we all said, well, what can we do to help you? So every time we went to lunch, we'd say, Hey, do you want to, Marsha, do you want to go to lunch? Do you want us to bring you a salad? We would walk by and see if she had water on her desk and if she needed to be replaced, we would replace it. I mean, we were there to support her and really grow, you know, that team. Mm-hmm. And, um, what happens there is that you get loyalty, you get people working harder. So you don't have to work as hard. And that frees you up to do the things you love to do.
0: That makes a big difference when you take time to get to know your people and what their individual needs are. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that, you know, the biggest thing about leadership, you know, people think I'm just leading and I have all these followers. But as they get into the role, they need to realize that they're there to build people Mm -hmm. and really, and it's just like, um, how you talk in your book about being a business builder versus a business beggar
1: yeah right there's a yeah, big so. difference yeah that's commission breath <laughs> I love that. i've never heard that before that's great you know, that is definitely commission breath people can tell when you're in that mode right uh, yeah, I, you know, leadership is, uh, and it, there's another client that I'm working with right now and she's just come over this big hump too. And, and, you know, it's so the difference between enabling and empowering your team. You know, she just kept saying, I don't have any time for a vacation. I can't go on vacation. I can't trust people. I don't know what's going on. And the whole point, the whole reason it happened is she was in enabling her team. Whenever they had a problem, she'd just say, just give it to me and let me do it. Let me mm-hmm. take care of it. So she wasn't going on vacation, she wasn't spending time with her family and her grandkids and things like that. And so we changed that that the terms that she would use with them instead of saying, you know, let me take it, she would say, Well, what have you what have you researched? Who have you talked to? What have you tried? And then if she had to get involved, she would. And I think that's a very easy thing for most of us that understand leadership, but but for those that are just Uh, brand new entrepreneurs, you know, that were excellent at making widgets are now not only making widgets, they're having to market the widget and sell the widget and hire the widget makers and, you know, do the widget, um, you know, budgeting and things like that. And, and so it's a new task that comes in. And so, you know, it's, it's just a matter of learning all these skills in order to be able to move forward. Uh, For yourself personally, it's sort of like the airplane you know put the mask on before you put it help anybody else you have to help yourself first so you have to get all your ducks in a row get your life right so that you can educate others how to get their life right and move forward as well so we talk about systems
0: often when it comes to business and I know you also refer to the daily blueprint building that daily blueprint when you're thinking about your blueprint for the day what is it that you ensure that you have in place so that you're going to be successful
1: Yeah, Um, well, the blueprint, (laughs) having the actual blueprint, which is time blocking. For me, it's time blocking. Uh, You know, I don't want to wake up and wonder what's going to happen today, wonder if I'm going to get a new client, wonder, you know, if I'm going to accomplish tasks. I want to wake up and emphatically know what's going to happen today, have it completely laid out. Because I, you know, I'm just one of those people that I want to get I get as much done as I possibly can. And I think what happens is that um, I'll use this example of doing laundry, right? There's a reason it's called a laundry list of things to do because we have this laundry list every day. And uh, but I like waking up in the morning and having my laundry already sorted and stacked in piles all comar- compartmentalized because I can get it done faster. And it's the very reason why we don't take laundry out of the, uh, the dryer and, you know, take a sock to the bedroom and then come back and fold a towel and take it to the linen closet and come back. It's not efficient. It's not effective. It's a horrible use of time. And it's better to compartmentalize everything and do like-minded activities at the same time, such as putting all the shirts away into the same drawer at one time. And Mm -hmm. so when we receive email every day, it's a laundry basket. It's look at this puppy. Will you want to go to this event? Did you look at the contract? Do you want to be on my podcast? Right. All these, all these pieces of laundry. And if we can segment those into compartmentalization so that we respond to all things at the same time. How many times have you typed the same email, you know, 20 emails ago, and you're thinking, who did I send it to? and When did I send so I could just copy and paste? Instead, just reply all the time and copy and paste them all in there, have signatures and whatnot. Everything that I do is about giving me back more time to do what I love to do. And that's mm-hmm. really what Lifestyle Business Mastery is all about. And that's, you know, that's my whole coaching program is Lifestyle Business Mastery is we're going to master um, your lifestyle and your business
0: and you put in what you love first
1: into that time blocking and then you work around it Then we work around it yep then we work around it and you know I had mentioned this when we were at new media summit you know when I was speaking on stage is the sabotage that I see going on all over the place where we're sabotaging our health and our relationships and our marriages and our culture our our <laughs> Our cultural experiences, our spirituality, I mean, it goes on and on and on. We're constantly sabotaging these things to chase the almighty dollar. And we're working like dogs to make peanuts sometimes, right? Because those that are really, really successful are making a lot of money because they have a big team to help them and they've stepped away and got, you know, working now in their genius zone. And what we tend to do when we become entrepreneurs is we tend to feel that we have to do everything and we're not able to step into our genius zone. And as a result, we're working crazy, crazy hours and not taking care of ourselves. And wasn't that the reason we became entrepreneurs was to chase that big dream and be free? (laughs) And (laughs) the result is we're actually more prisoned because we haven't taken the reins on what's important in our lives and then really honing in on the activities that have to be done to move our business forward, not the activities that that we allow to ooze into our time, you know, or unnecessary yeah. activities of, I mentioned eating soup with a fork, right? Yes. You come home and you're exhausted. You're doing activities for the sake of doing activities and you're exhausted and you can't figure out why and you think you worked, mm-hmm. you can't feel where you went anywhere. And that's why every single day for me is completely blocked out, very intentional in each of those blocks. I know exactly what I'm going to do in each one of those blocks. And there's no downtime of, hmm, who am I going to call today? It's just written there for me. And I built that up over time, you know, every time. So if you and I were having a conversation and I say, okay, well, you know, let's follow up next week. I would put you in next week in my phone call block. And when I open up that block, it says, call Deborah right? So right. you have to think about it and I'm not wasting any time and I'm following up, which means that I'm saving time and I'm attracting clients rather than chasing clients. And again, my goal is to get myself up to the dance floor. Yeah. That so passion just has eliminate,
0: to be large enough. Yeah. You eliminate <laughs> a lot of that
1: decision fatigue that we often hear people have, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and whatever else I like to do. I mean, I, I, I've got two major, it's it's like I'm bipolar when it comes to activities because I, you know, I'm a dancer and then the complete other side is that I'm an expert marksman or markswoman and I'm on a shooting team. And then I like everything in between, including my grandkids, playing with my grandkids, you know? Um, But I just want to get in and get out so I can be with them. Yeah. See, and when I think,
0: what I admire about you the most, here, Jen, is I've been just finished reading Ryan Holiday's book on stillness, mm-hmm. and he was talking about in his book about getting sleep, right? Because people make poor decisions when they don't have enough sleep. Yeah. Um, he was also talking about finding hobbies, and his thing of stillness is not just sitting in a meditation, but finding the things that you enjoy in life that have movement. That that is stillness in itself where some of those most creative ideas come to you.
1: Yeah, no question.
0: Where would be the most creative place that you get downloads of things that you should be doing in your business?
1: Yeah, um, for me, uh, it's sitting on my front porch with a cup of tea in the morning. I know it sounds really funny. Um, but you know, I can't wait when I get up. That's one of my rituals: is just to get up and have a cup of tea. And no matter how cold it is, and I'm bundled up if I have to be, and I'm roasting if I am, um, because you know I'm in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington D.C. So we have winter and summer. And uh, you know, for me, it's grounding myself with nature and whatnot. I'm, I'm. Uh, we live on the in the country on 21 acres, and so I just like listening to you know, the day happening, you know, the frogs are starting to go away and the birds are coming up higher. You know, you hear a, a rooster crow and a mo- and a cow moo, you know, and they're like 30 acres away, but it just travels, you know, yeah. and it's those times where I get the most from my day. Now I'm very spiritual too. So, you know, I'm praying the whole time and I'm just asking for wisdom. I mean, that's really one of the things I ask for wisdom and with and, trust trust that, that God's going to lead me in the right direction. Um, those are really critical. And I mean, that kind of takes me to, you know, the whole premise of my life is that a life of values adds value in your life. Mm -hmm. And so getting back to your core values Just as much as it's, you know, yes, I love to golf. not me. I'm just saying generally, (laughs) someone might say, I love to golf or I want to, you know, go fishing or I want to shop more often or whatever it is. It's not just the tangible things like that. It's also the values that you have. And and if you say that your family is one of your core values, then I would just ask you, why are you working till 11 o'clock at night? Right. Right? Because once you have your core values in line, all of your decisions are made very quickly and are very easy to decipher. So can you meet a client tonight at eight o'clock? And the answer is no, because that's when we have our weekly dinner at home. And so many times we choose the client over our family. And so I wanna give you a quote that my mom used to say, It is, um, we flatter those we scarcely know, we please the fleeting guests, but we deal many a thoughtless blow to those we love the best. Wow. And it's so true. The client's more important than the child that's saying, mom, can you read the book? Yeah. Can you read me a book? Yeah, yeah, in a minute, I just have to take care of this client. That's where the problem is. And so I really feel like if you can get your values in line, The rest of your life will be filled with more value, more valuable finance, more valuable health, more valuable relationships, you know, so a life of values will give you value everywhere else in your life. So that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And I just implore everyone, please, please, to just take the time to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you tick and why these principles or these core values are so important to you. And then ask yourself if you're living them. And if you aren't, what boundaries can you put on them so that you can live them? Yeah.
0: I remember years ago, and this really relates to what you just shared. I was working with a business coach. And, you know, as I was building my business off the side and, you know, working and small kids, and I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I take the kids to the activities in in the van and you know, and they're saying, mom, mom, I want some time with you. I'm like, I'm with you all the time. I take you to hockey. I take you to dance. (laughs) I take you to this. I take you to that. And I said, what am I doing wrong? And she said, Deb, you know, you need to make a date with each one of your family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, celebrate those wins at the end of the day, no matter what they are, what was those wins? Mm -hmm. So the first day that I did this with each one of them My daughter, I think we went shopping. She wanted to go shopping. And then my son said, I want to go play mini golf. So we played mini golf. And then the other son wanted to play mini golf. And we went and played and he got a hole in, we both got a hole in one on the same hole. (laughs) Jumping, you know, taking selfies. And when we got home, I went through the ritual of, so what was your win today? And when I got to my son, he said, you know, mom, you put me on the calendar. Yeah, and I was like, I had to turn around because I got choked up. And you're like <laughs> Wow. And that was those aha moments that it's not right. the quantity necessarily of the time. It's now. that really present. I'm here. I see you. I'm yeah. enjoying this time with you. And it really shifted the way I ran my business.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's why I don't believe in balance. I mean, I think there's so many books out there and people are talking about life, work balance and stuff. And, and if you think about a, about a scale when it's balanced, it's 50, 50, right? And if you were trying to keep it at 50, 50, there's always movement, right? It's, it's, I'm a little here with you and I'm a little here with you and I'm a little here with you because I'm trying to balance it. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's here, there, and and it's just tiring to do this. Right. (laughs) So I just believe in being all in, be present, have your compartmentalized time, everything gets shut off that doesn't belong in that compartment, and then you move on to your next compartment, And whether that compartment is my family and my kids or myself or work or, you know, helping a client, um, I want to be present and 100% all in and then 100% all out, you know. And that's, that's why I think that, you know, and being able to have several businesses, you know, and, and doing a lot of business like that is that compartmentalizing is really, really important. And I think that a lot of people think that it's constricting, but it's not. It's actually very freeing because your, your mind isn't somewhere else in the middle of a conversation. It does no one any good. It doesn't do the person with any good. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do the person you're thinking about very, you know, any good either, because they might be wanting answers. And so everybody's just kind of in flux and it's just much better if you can just go in and be 100% present. And I had someone tell me something like that, similar to, they said, you know, you're wonderful at this, that, and the other, but you're never present. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you're like a, you're like a stone that you skip across the, the lake, you know, a skipping stone. You're just yeah. ta, 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 on everything. You're on the top of everything, but heaven forbid that rock finally fall down because you don't want to have any conversations with anybody. And I said, well, that's nah, not true, but I can see what you're saying. You know, we run around like chickens all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. cats on a marble floor and, and, uh, you know, the, everything was just skimming. And I finally said, you know what? I don't want that. I just, I want to drop it down, go deep as I can, and then pick it back up and move on and drop it down and go as deep as I can. And have these richer, fuller relationships rather than just deep or just superficial. And it's made a huge difference in my life. I'm much more calm. I, I sound like an, and I am an A personality, but I'm much more calm inside. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I have clarity, you know, that's, that's one of the five C's that I, that I coach on is clarity is, you know, I have clarity of message and clarity of what's important to me for my legacy.
0: Yeah, and that's so powerful. And when you're thinking about keeping in touch with your clients, now that you're forming deeper relationships, whether it be personally, but mainly, and right now we're talking about professional, how do you keep in touch with your clients? And how do you score big with them as well?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for asking. That's actually the second C, <laughs> uh, community. I think once you have clarity of your message, you know, people are drawn to you. They're more attracted. You become a magnet. But then the other part is your community. You know, we work so hard to get that one client. And, you know, it's almost like, how dare you not call them? <laughs> After yeah. you work so hard, how dare you not give them the the uh, beautiful, Uh, wealth and expertise that you have, right, to help them continue to move forward. And so I'm really big on community and and making sure that we're nurturing and not neglecting our community, because that will give us more referrals, it'll take, you know, so it's less time, right? Um, But nurturing in a way that is engaging, not just sending something, um, but engaging and involving with them you know maybe having them come to an appreciation party or get involved with some type of um, charity aspect that you're putting on so nurturing your database is one thing the other the other part of that it, it, and consistently right there's a whole process there of frequency etc but it's constantly loving on them think about a love a meter you know they love you at the most when they close a transaction with you, right? Or, you know, when you decide that you're going to work together and they sign that contract, you know, with you that, you know, for you to do the, your services. And then that level meter keeps going down unless you're constantly doing things that will bring it back up. And I just want it to be that way after closing as well. The part of that is working with people that complement, not complicate you. Mm. And we have a tendency as entrepreneurs to want to serve everybody And in doing so, it actually distracts us from the people that are going to be loyal to us, from the people that are always going to be the thorn in our side, right? And you have to be strong enough to let them go and say, maybe we're not the best fit. And so there's been plenty of times where I've, you know, in in mortgage lending specifically, closed a transaction and said, you know what? I don't ever want to talk to them again, right? Because life's too short. And I, I don't want to be reluctant to call. I want to be willing, you know, to make that call. So in, in that particular space, you know, it's about nurturing and involving and engaging with your clients, um, all clients, before, during, after, you know, right through the buying window, you know, for years and years to come. And um, so I'm just an expert at doing that, at making sure that I'm touching everybody mm-hmm. as much as I possibly can. And I, I use the ABCs to do it. Um, I don't know who gave it to us. I'll say God gave it to us. 26 letters in the alphabet, 52 weeks in the year, right? So if you called everybody in your alphabet with the last name of A the first week of January and the first week of July, and then everyone with B the second week of each of those, you will have gotten to your entire database twice that year just to touch base and let them know that you were thinking about them. Then you could call them for their birthday. Then you could call them for an anniversary, right? And then you could call them, depending on your type of business, if you're a dentist, a mechanic, right, um, a real estate agent, a mortgage lender like we are, is, is to call them on the anniversary of that, that sale, purchase, whatever, for a maintenance meeting, right, or a review, mm-hmm. an annual review. So you have all these opportunities to reach out to them in very easy, simple ways. And I like theming things because it's easy for me to look on my cell phone and see that it's week four and say, A, B, C, D. Good. And I'm calling everybody with a D name this week. right? Yes. Yeah. And it just allows me to be able to get back into my community much stronger. It's
0: beautiful and a very simple system yeah. to yes. really put in place so
1: you can stay in contact and nurture. Yeah. Yeah, without thinking too hard about it and saying, well, did they slip through the cracks? The only caution I have in doing that it's not even a caution, the tip I want to tell everybody is to print your database every quarter because people come and go and you could miss someone if you only print it at the beginning of the year or if you only go in and grab those, you know, that handful. So as long as your CRM is, you know, constantly alive and alert, you're not going off a piece of paper, uh, you'll be able to capture everybody. You know, all the time as they move in and out and change names, get married, you know, there's all kinds of reasons.
0: Yeah. No, that's excellent tips. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I want to talk about, and I I noticed this with especially beginning entrepreneurs, they want to avoid looking at the numbers Mm -hmm. um, and just think, well, you know, I don't need to measure as closely as everybody thinks. I'm just getting started. I can do this and do that. I would love for you to talk about the importance of numbers and uh, what people should be measuring when they're first starting out or in the midst of transition periods.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, everything that you can measure in the beginning is good. It's, It's not sexy. It's the most boring part about doing any kind of business. But I will tell you that the people that are the most successful know their numbers inside out and backwards they know everything, statistics about their entire company, so that you can make better decisions, you know, so that you know, if I'm going to spend all this money going in one direction, and I'm not measuring it, how do I know I'm getting those results, right? Instead of, I've only spent a little bit of time over here and I'm getting a lot of results. Maybe there could be a redirection of the funds, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so measuring is super, super important. And I think it needs to start with, there's a lot of things. It depends on the type of business, quite frankly. But if I were um, a service oriented and I had to originate my own leads, right? And I was going to a networking group and networking events to try to originate my own leads. I'd be looking at, What are the events I'm going to? Who were the target people that were there? Is it worth my time to drive, be there, drive back, follow up? Is it worth my time to, you know, even go to that event? And I think that we get so wrapped up in the fact that we need to be doing all these events because it's exposure, right? We Mm. need to get exposure. I just, exposure is okay, but you need to do it with the right people. And so why not get into the sticky habit of doing it? right from the get-go so that you don't have to retract and wonder, you know, what went wrong. And, and there will be things where you're going to be um, testing the markets and they, and they don't work. I certainly get that. So I would say, number one, if you're going to be out and you have to uh, do a client acquisition on your own, that you just take a real hard look at what you're doing and then start measuring I, I went there, what, what came from it and measuring did you follow up, you know, um, conversions are a big measurement too. A lot of people come to me and say, I need more leads, I need more leads. Maybe, but maybe you're just not converting the leads that you already have. And that could be a soft skill in personality it could be a hard skill in your technical ability with what you're doing and how you present it and articulate your product from your mouth and it could be a service skill it could be your lack of follow-up in a timely manner or their expectations being too high and you not telling them what how it works you know working with you so it could be one of those three skills that's inhibiting your ability to convert because honestly if you can convert Three more clients a month, you could probably increase your business depending on your type of business anywhere from $50,000 to $100,000 a year just by converting a few more people. So I'd look really hard at the conversion. Um, how do you meet people? I found that when I'm on the phone, I don't have as much of an opportunity. So even in this listening, if you're listening to me, you might want to go look at the YouTube because it's different. <laughs> it's just different. Yeah. And I found that that listening, uh, that when I had phone conversations, I didn't have the, convert, higher, the best conversion rate as opposed to meeting people face to face. And of course, we all think, well, if I can do it on the phone, it's faster. But if you have to talk to 50 people to get two, I'd rather be talking to five and get four and take the time. To meet with five people and have like you know less is more um, so I think that's another thing is the method in which you're you're selling are you face-to-face are you zoom are you online do you have um, are you on the phone do you have is it trying to are you trying to do things through email and maybe just change one thing that you're doing and see what it does to get your conversion ratios up and then your process and that's the third C of my my program is um, communication you know what type of system do you have in place then ensures that there's going to be a great customer experience. Mm-hmm. Not customer service, but the experience that they get because now we're in the age where um, it's all about the feelings and the emotions, you know, and how they mm-hmm. felt working with you. So they're compelled to tell their friends, which again saves me more time because now the referrals are coming to me. But the systems are really important because if one person has a good experience and the next one doesn't because you don't have a system in place. Um, you know, then you're going to get a bad reputation. So as a new Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, put those systems in place. Now, get them out of your head and get them onto paper. So really a monkey could do it right. And we don't want to hire monkeys, but just so that someone, someone very easily could come in and, uh, run that business, you know, without you being there, the fact of the matter is they don't need you. They don't want you. I know we all have egos on our shoulders, right? And chips on our shoulders and say, well, I, they, I built it. They want me. They actually don't. They want the experience you built. Mm -hmm. And if you can duplicate that through a bunch of rock stars who work for you, um, then it frees you up to go do what you want to do. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I love that because if you're attempting again to do everything yourself, It's not helpful. And that's where we went back to, you know, finding out the skills of the people that work with you. But not only that, giving them, empowering them and trusting them that they can create that experience that you, you, that legacy that you leave with your business all
1: the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and in my book, I talk about this finder, minder and grinder. You know, we we all have the finder role, the minder, which is the customer service and then the grinding out the details. Right. We all have those roles, but we really do have to compartmentalize them so that we can move faster within each one of them. If we're trying to do task switching all day long, we're never going to get anywhere. And What ends up happening is because we don't write down all these finder, minder and grinder activities that we do when we get to that overwhelm and stress, and we say, you know what, I just need to hire somebody, right? And then we hire the worst person for the job because we don't know what the job is. We just know we need help, right? And we point fingers and say it's their fault, but really we should be pointing thumbs and saying it's our own fault. Yeah. So I would say from the very beginning, like list all of your activities, put them in different compartments, and then decide what that what you need to fill that role in. You need a customer service rep is what you need if, the, if mm-hmm. it's gonna be a, a minder job. If you're gonna be you know the, the office manager and kind of run your business like that and you need salespeople, then you need finders. And so you need to think about all the activities they've done hire the right person for the right job. And when I say rock star, I truly mean that. I mean, if I'm a rock star and I'm singing, you know, and I'm saying, "bah," you know, all this great thing then I go, hold on just a minute. We all need to hold on. Um, that my, my drummer doesn't know this part. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to do that part. And then I'm going to come back up here and I'm going to sing again. That experience is going to fail. Right? right, so we want to make sure that we're hiring the best people in the best posi- you know, in the position that you've carved out, rather than hiring the person and then trying to find job duties for them. That's probably the biggest mistake I see with people um, mm-hmm. trying to grow their team. And so then they say, "Screw it! I'm not going to grow my team. I'm just going to do it all myself," and then they have a heart attack. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's really what happens, or their business fails and they have to go back and work for the man. And often that has all been
0: preventable. If, if they oh, wouldn't really? have tried to own every single thing that, yeah. uh, that they have been. So we're almost yeah. at the end of the interview. I have a couple questions for you that yeah. are not business related at all. Okay. Okay. Um, what is one book that has transformed or been one of the
1: yeah. books that have really impacted your life? There's a lot of them because I read a lot. <laughs> so that's kind of hard. But uh, I would have to say The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because uh, that's just, you know, really a, um, you know, just powerful, powerful about how you can compound your time, you know. And we all have the same 24 hours, but I'm able to compound it as if it were 72 compared to someone who's going to use their day, you know, and only get an hour's worth of work done. And, uh, that was just really insightful for me. A very, very powerful book for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when I think about all those books, one of the other books I really like is Solomon's secrets and it's about money. Oh, I've never read that one. Yeah. And, uh, so the book of Proverbs, um, you know, if you're Christian, the book of Pro- Proverbs, it well, not even Christian. It's, it's just biblical. Um, it, it, if you read it, you'll have a master's degree in money. It's just all about money. Very interesting. And Solomon, you know, was the richest man ever in the whole history of everything, you know. Uh, and um, you know, it's all of his little secrets. And I absolutely love that because, you know, you work really, really hard and I don't want to work really, really hard and then have it all kind of be gone. Where to go? Right? Where'd you yeah. go? So that's a really good book too.
0: Excellent. Thank you for sharing those. So what does living rich from the inside out mean to you?
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, it's funny. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Um, You know, immediately what, what struck me was my heart. First of all, when you said that, when you said rich from the inside out was my heart, Uh, you know, for me, and I think I mentioned this already is just having that, having rich, full relationships, right? So for me, living from rich inside out is um, being true to my faith, being true to my family, um, breathing, taking life um, as it comes, and not trying to glorify the busyness that we're experiencing, and just getting back to, you know, I always say this: it's time to slow down so you can speed up, instead of speeding up so you are forced to, to slow down, right? Yeah. And um, for me, that's now. It's just I'm smelling flowers. That's it's time to stop and smell the flowers, right? So yeah. I'm smelling a lot of flowers these days, and really Is that a word? Taking the gratitude. thats a good one. Taking the gratitude. That was a yeah. bushism in the UNS. <laughs> <laughs> We've just added a book to the dictionary. That's how yeah, it works. Gratitudly, gratitudly. Um, But you know, just taking in the gratitude that I'm seeing every single day, and uh, you know, that increases your emotional intelligence, and we all know that your emotional intelligence is directly related to your financial intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not all about your IQ. It's about your EQ. So I would, uh, you know, for me, that's living rich. It's, it's doing what I love to do on my terms and taking control of it.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. So Jen, how can everybody stay in touch with you?
1: Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. The best way is to just go to my website, jenduplosis.com. And I know you have the link there and You know and if you're thinking about how can i start doing this lifestyle business mastery um just go to jen forward slash seven strategies and it's the number seven um and i have a i have a little exercise there for everybody to just kind of slow things down and think about their core values think about who they're surrounding themselves with finding out you know what they're doing from for themselves um you know do they have boundaries and if they don't have boundaries you know setting some boundaries it's just a great way to, especially this time of year, to get reset, you know, on, and calm things down. Reset and just calm things down before you start going forward really, really quickly. So I'd love to give that to um, your listeners if, if they have interest in that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on the show, sharing so many nuggets of information for people to move forward in their businesses as well as enrich their personal lives. I want to thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and thank you for what you're doing to help everyone live these beautiful rich lives as well. It's it's a lot of work and I know it and you know hopefully your listeners understand all that you go through to give them as much value as possible. Oh, thank you, Jen. So
0: that's a wrap here at the Millionaire Woman Show. We'd love for you to go over to com and grab your um put in your email address and you will get the mini course of three videos of making, habit, making your habits stick so that you can build that discipline and consistency in your life to move those goals forward, especially we're going to be moving into 2020 here very soon. And I'm so excited um, to share these nuggets with you and make sure you go over and check out Jen Has a Podcast. Again, Mortgage Lending Mastery. Don't forget about her book, Launch It is on Amazon, and you can check that out as well, in your favorite bookstores. And we'd love for you to go over to iTunes, your favorite podcast player, rate, review the show, give us a five-star high five, let us know what you took away from today's episode. It really means a lot to Jen and myself to know that these nuggets are serving you in a big way so that you can move forward, living rich from the inside out, using those principles to really create that lifestyle that you want. As Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And be on behalf of Jen and myself, go out and have a great day. Thanks, everyone.